Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. on the fantasy focused youtube channel it's a wednesday i don't even know if we call it wisdom wednesdays i feel like that's been taken but it's uh, there's something going on here every wednesday where i'm joined by my colleague buck buck what's going on buddy i like to call it wing gut wednesdays wing gut okay. wing gut yeah makes sense or wing crebet wednesdays shout out wing crebet i'm uh, doing pretty good dude how are you doing i'm thinking wing stop or end or buffalo wild wings need to get onto the sponsorship train to host the show every Wednesday. We'll make sure to work on that. We'll talk to our marketing team to see where they're at with all these extra sponsorships. But yeah, man, uh, I'm ready. Listen, fantasy football season, when you're in it, you don't really, you don't, it's like one of those moments we want to take a deep breath and realize we're like in that moment where it's crunch time, fantasy football playoffs are on the horizon. You're on the cusp of getting in. Every freaking point counts now. You want to make sure you're making the right starts and sits. Um, it's, it's crazy time of year, man, because you know, I'm on, I'm in a lot of six, seven seeds playoffs in, if I win, I'm in, if I'm, I lose, I'm basically out. I'm, I'm just, I don't have a lot of comfortable year leagues this year, but how are you doing in your leagues, man? For the most part, are you feeling, how's your playoff chances in your leagues? I play eight leagues. I'll be in the playoffs in six of them. And I have probably buys in three of them. So I'm feeling pretty darn, pretty darn good there. My pride and joy, defending champion of a 16-teamer, finished 11-1 and one wow. and uh, get a nice little bye week here. So it was a really good year for me. I drafted well, and honestly, Bob, my game day decisions have not been that strenuous except for when I have injuries, which I think everybody deals with every single season. So that, that wasn't gloating. I'm actually just – I'm wondering when my luck will hit rock bottom, um, but I'm counting my blessings each and every day. Yeah. It's the way it's just a reminder to stay diligent in your fantasy waiver wires. I mean, you don't want even if you're 11 and 1, 12 and 1 heading into this week, like you want to make sure you're still scooping up players that could be two assets. weeks in advance. Yeah, exactly. You're playing yep. for the playoffs, and you know, that's key. I, I, I mean, I had a couple of years ago, I had a team that was dominant. I went, I lost all three of my starting receivers heading into the playoffs. And I just started scooping up guys like AJ Brown, Bashar Perriman. Remember the Perriman Tampa Bay Buck you weeks? Believe it. Oh Those yeah, were good so, weeks. We might um, get him again. Yeah, Who knows? Wrote, yeah, wrote him. Oh, yeah, AB man, forget about. It. I have AB in my most important league. I have Calvin Ridley in that league. It's been, and I figured it out. I'm, I have literally lost three years of my life in my big money league. I went, I was all the way down to three and nine. We do a two week game, so we do one against one on one. You play the team in your league. And the other one's against everybody, so the top half of the league gets points. By the way, okay, if you guys – I'm telling you, it's the best format. If you are interested in kind of mixing things up a little bit in your leagues, the two-game format where it's all play in one game and then you play head-to-head in another, it's amazing because the cream rises to the top. If you like, if you finish second on the week in points, you still get a win that week, and you can lose to the number one team. It's been great. Wow. I was three, I was, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's honestly – and then every Monday night football, I would say 90% of the Monday night football games, I have to care because if I'm, I might have the win in my one-on-one matchup, but there's a guy that has another matchup. He has two players going in. If he passes me, I get a loss. It's actually fun because you're playing against everybody and every Did single Did you come Monday up with night. that? Are you the Steve Jobs of fantasy football? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. But I actually introduced this in my league a couple of years ago. I was, a, I was definitely a pioneer. I was like – 
I wouldn't say I was the first settler in the in California in the West Coast, but I was one of the first. I got the early gold. I was definitely on this early. Uh, you were Daniel Plainview from There Will Be Blood. Yeah, sure, whatever. I like it. I mean, listen, never, you're not a movie. Not guy. A, you're no. not a movie guy. It's not you would a, hate that I, movie, by the I way. I mean, I would never hate anything you, you suggest, Buck. I would just there's accept zero. It. There's <laughs> zero talking for the first 21 minutes of that film. Nothing gets me going like silence, Buck, as you can tell from our relationship. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, man, it's an awesome format. It's just everyone looks into it. It is great. I started three and nine in that league because I was just decimated. I've come all the way back. I'm 12 and 12. And I am the sixth seed now. And it's been my branch. I lost Ridley, AB. I had Aaron Jones in that league. I mean, it's been the whole time. Everything, every time I feel like I get something right, I lose a player. And it's just been. But I've been like the mad scientist in there just trying to make it fucking work. And it's well, it's what I've been doing. So I've been taking, you know, your top guys. So I take Tyreek Hill. I picked up Byron Pringle. Yeah. That was the first move I wanted to make because Pringle has been more involved than Robinson. And Pringle's, he's got a little flash and sizzle to his game. So I don't mind having a guy. So. And that I love that too. <laughs> Sorry, like, it's a fun. No, it was like a little riff. You know, like <laughs> yeah. a little fantasy. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, it's smart. And handcuffing wide receivers isn't a popular trend, but it, it kind of makes sense. And listen, if you're the Darren Waller owner and you haven't picked out Foster Moreau, like that stuff makes sense because you know, there's very few situations where a key injury to a receiver directly impacts a backup. There's not a lot of cases where it does, but when you can find that scenario, like Sterling Shepard slash Kadarius Tony, like if one of those guys goes out, exactly, the guy kind of emerges. So it makes sense, man. And, you know, we'll definitely, that's something definitely we should talk about maybe in I'll you know, later episode. But for today, we're going to be talking about Thursday night football. I mean, that's one way to grease the wheels, Buck. I mean, that was a great intro, but we're here to talk a little bit. Before we get any further, we want to make sure that we're calling out one of our key sponsors today, that's Bet Online. We'll be back right after this from a quick commercial break with Bet Online AG. This episode of the Candlestick Kids is brought to you by Bet Online. All eyes are back on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use the mobile app and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE to receive your bonus. For football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, Buck. Listen, how we're going to start this day? And listen, everyone, make sure you're following. Us. I know Sky will get on me if I don't do this. So I want to make sure everyone make sure you follow us here on the Fantasy Focus YouTube channel. If you're a Candlestick Kids podcaster and you've been listening to us all year, at this point, if you haven't checked out these beautiful mugs on YouTube yet, what are you doing? Subscribe, rate, review, all that stuff. If you guys want to just you're going for a run and you can't watch us on video. Make sure you hop on to the podcast side on your on your Apple Podcast. You can find us on the Candlestick Kids on there as well. So we do it all um, across the board. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, 
Fantasy Football X Factor, TCK Pod, and the Fantasy Focus. We're doing a lot more day-to-day stuff on there as well with updates and injuries analysis like that. But today we're going to talk first about our Thursday Night Football preview, which of course is brought to you by, guess what? Our Sunday Live starts it, Joe. The last two weeks, we have actually given away a jersey to the top winner of our Fan Duel Challenge. That's right. We have given away a jersey of your choice over the last two weeks. We had two great winners. They actually beat us in FanDuel. They got themselves a jersey. This week, we're looking to do something again. Not sure if we're going to give away a jersey, but we're thinking about doing another contest this week, giving away some swag. We'll figure it out for this weekend. But make sure you're joining us on our Sunday Live Start Sit Show. Uh, also, make sure if you become a super chatter, if you come on YouTube, if you're listening over on Twitch and you want to donate to the show, we're doing this all content. We also donate 10% of all our proceeds to good sports. We have been able to donate $150 so far this season in October and November to the charity of Good Sports because of the donations from our followers. So we do appreciate that. But this month, December, it's the holidays. We want to try to double that. We want to try to get to another 150 So we can't do it without you. We'd love you to be a part of it. And the best part, too, is if you become a Super Chatter, not only does the donation go to a good cause, but we're going to get you into our FanDuel Challenge and also get we're going to have a bunch of giveaways over the next few weeks. So... Make sure you're becoming a super chatter on YouTube or use the TCK Pod Venmo if you're on Twitch, Facebook, or Periscope. All right, let's talk a little bit about Thursday Night Football. This is actually going to be a fun game. It sounds like we're starting to get healthy. It sounds like the Cowboys, CeeDee Lamb's going to be back. Amari Cooper's going to be back. It sounds like Zeke's going to be playing, and it sounds like he's going to get a full load, which is, seems like a really weird way of saying it, guys. Let's just call it a carry. We'll give him a full – it's it's just – come on, Jimmy. We, we, we get it, uh, J- Mr. Jones. Anyway, but the Saints – Moving to Taysom Hill, that should be interesting. At least that offense, especially the ground game, should be interesting in this game against Dallas because last year with Taysom Hill, they could run the football down anybody's throats. And Taysom Hill is basically like, you know, a sledgehammer running with the football out there. So that will be interesting. His thoughts, we'll get your thoughts on Taysom Hill. But before we dive into the stats and the players and who to start, Buck, what are you looking forward to most in this Dallas Saints game? I think it's crazy. This has to be the first time two teams have played on Thursday in back-to-back weeks. Mm. Maybe Dallas. I think it has gonna, to be. Well, yeah, you mean the both teams. Both the, teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Played Maybe. the week before on Thursday. Yeah. So they each had this the same amount of rest. I'm looking forward to this game. I think Taysom Hill adds a very interesting element. I also was shocked. I mean, I understand Davenport being out is huge. We saw it last week. Um, just – not having that run stuff or on the line, that's that's always going to hurt you. Um, also a great pass rusher. So not having him in there I think kind of opens things up a little bit for Dak. But then on the other side, I want to see what Taysom Hill has. I mean, we've had to sit through this Trevor Simeon. I'm excited for Taysom Hill. I'm excited for Thursday Night Football this week. I mean, yeah. we know the players in the game. We know there's not many of them on the Saints. And Kamara, he's a question mark. So – yeah, we'll we'll run through all that. Yeah, it's gonna be okay. Yeah, no, you're right, and it's true. Like it's there's still things pending, right? The what's how healthy is Amari Cooper? Um, CD Lamb, they're still like they never they technically haven't cleared him from concussion protocol as of today, so it's a little weird. Kamara limited practice. There's this because another thing too is both these teams could technically save these guys for the following week, but the Saints, for example, don't have any more time. They're running out of time, so we'll get through this, but. Let's talk. So first off, Cowboys Saints, 47 and a half over under. Not the biggest line. We like to see them over 50 to get really excited, but there could be some fireworks in the game. Cowboys favored four and a half. 
on the road, which is big for them because they seem like they're pretty healthy going into this game. Um, when you look at the Cowboys' injuries, they're going to be down Cedric Wilson. If Amari Cooper plays in C.D. Lamb, that means C.D. Lamb's going to play the slot again. The last time C.D. Lamb was in the slot, he caught two touchdowns. So C.D. Lamb against nickel corners on the inside does not seem fair. Um, with Amari on the outside and Gallup, that's where C.D. Lamb will go. And Cedric Wilson being out only solidifies that even more. Of course, Blake Jarwin's going to stay on. He's not going to be back for this game, so that's key. It sounds like we're going to have C.D. CD Lamb and Amari Cooper. And Tyron Smith came back. It looks like that's those are the keys for Dak, right? I mean, Dak in this yep. matchup has his left tackle, has his wide receivers. He's got to get it done. The Saints have not been an imposing matchup. Actually, they've been terrible against quarterbacks over the last five weeks. We'll touch on that in a second. On the Saints side, just so many injuries up front. You just broke up Matt Marcus Davenport. They're also missing Peyton Turner. They're also missing, uh, you know, Malcolm Roach. They're also missing another guy. I can't even pronounce his name, but he's another defensive lineman. They're down four defensive linemen in this game, a part of their rotation. Um, granted, they still have some of their key guys, but when you're down that many guys in a rotation, guys are going to get tired. And when you're playing against CeeDee Lamb, um, Zeke Elliott, and and Tony Pollard, that could be a problem. That's a little boost for a guy like Zeke Elliott, but him with his knee, he's also got knee problems, and we'll also have to talk about that. Um, the, the Saints will also be down C.J. Garner-Johnson, their slot corner, which, Jesus, I mean, C.D. Lamb, forget about it. I mean, God. For our FanDuel Challenge, we should just do Thursday night's like, I guess everyone should put C.D. Lamb in their captain spot. The returns, Mark Ingram is a full participant. You know he's going to be back, but the question marks are key here. Both tackles are questionable, both DMP on Wednesday. Doesn't sound like either. I mean, Armstead might be in. Ramchek sounding more doubtful. And then Kamara is questionable as well. Limited practice on Wednesday there. So a lot of injuries there, Buck. Does any one of those kind of stand out um, from an injury standpoint that you think will give an edge to fantasy managers overall? I would say just the defensive line injuries there for New Orleans. Yeah. We've seen what rotational injuries can do to a D-line any more in the league. I mean, those guys are getting – the top guys getting maybe 65% of the snaps, and then I would say the rest are 50-50 split. So you lose four of those. You're bringing up practice squad guys. I'm not trying to shit on them at all. They have an, a vital role to play. But when I have a team like that with Tyron Smith coming back, this could get pretty ugly, even if it is Tony Pollard taking the lion's share there. Yeah. And listen, so the Cowboys, I looked at this, they only played one mobile quarterback this year so far, and it was Jalen Hurts. He had nine carries, 35 yards in that game. They also faced Sam Darnold early in there when Sam Darnold was a thing rushing the football. He had six carries for 35 yards and two touchdowns. Seems a little fluky. Taysom Hill's like Sam McGuffey. You remember him? Nope. Sam McGuffey played at uh, Texas. He had the greatest high school highlight tape you'll ever see. Yeah, man, listen, I'm not a college football guy. I mean, Fran Tarkenton, I got you there. I know historical NFL stuff, but college, right over my head. Listen, I'm yeah, trying. Well, I'm just saying, Sam Darnold was running like Sam McGuffey. I like it. Listen, I trust you. You could tell me it's, uh, you know, he might, he could have just been like a guy at the burger joint. I wouldn't have known, but I trust but, you. I mean, I run like Sam Adams, so I'm oh, not wow. the guy. I'm not the judge, yeah. The logger or the president? No, Sam Adams, the huge defensive tackle for the Buffalo Bills. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. We're just not – this is, that was, wasn't even close. Sam Adams, very difficult name to pin down there anyway. But let's talk about this. So, overall for the Taysom Hill, in his four starts last year, I think a lot of people want to know this, he was the QB4 in fantasy, averaging 23 points per game in a four-point passing touchdown format. That's where Taysom Hill is going to be the difference maker the most, um, of course – you know, the thing with Taysom Hill was he would have games that he would barely throw and he would have two rushing touchdowns 
and like 60, 70 yards. And he did that a couple times. And that doesn't, and for fantasy, it's a cheat code. So, you know, if you're someone who is missing their quarterback or has been kind of streaming quarterbacks, this is the type of game where Taysom Hill just offers you such a safe floor because of his rushing that, you know, you're not going to get a huge dud game. He's going to give you a nice floor. But if that, if the Dallas Cowboys can, you know, put up the points, Hill is forced to throw more. I mean, the ceiling is tremendous. So um, in this game, Taysom Hill, like, are you starting him over guys like Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Joe Burrow? I would say over Joe Burrow, yes. Joe Burrow has not been showing me good signs as of late. Russ Wilson, I think with another week to kind of mend that finger, he's going to come back a little bit better. So uh, I'm going to start Russ. Who was the last option there, Bob? Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I'll start him over Kirk. I want to roll the dice a little bit. All right. Yeah, I think, yeah. So that's that's kind of the, the Mendoza line. He's like a just outside the expert consensus rating, right around 14. I'm in on it. I like it. I mean, listen, the Dallas Cowboys, they are a type of defense, one of the very few that actually play a little bit more man because they use digs in some shadow coverage in that scenario. But, I mean, listen, the Saints don't have the receiver to do that. But anyway, so from that side, I really think that's the key. But I also wanted to jump down to the running backs. And I just wanted to take – Dallas is a run-funnel defense – they are better. They are easier to run against than throw against this season. Now, Kamara and is, of course, questionable. And is Kamara this week's Aaron Jones, where he comes back a little too early? And then Dylan is the Mark Ingram version of this scenario. But when I looked at the four starts with them, the two running backs were Lat Murray last year and Alvin Kamara. It was 90 carries, 440 yards, and five touchdowns in those four games between those two running backs. So completely dominant on the ground. They constantly were scoring touchdowns. They were getting between... You know, Lat Murray was getting 10 carries. Camaro's right, right around 15. But the targets is what suffered. There's 15 targets for Camara in those four games with Hill. So that's what makes Camara a difference maker. And now he's on a bum wheel. What's your comfort level with Camara? Where are we going to draw the line on starting Camara this week? Um, are there any fringe RB2 guys that you would start over Camara? No, not at all. Okay. I'm nervous about it, but I'm going to roll with the big guns. And I think you're right. I mean, Hill coming back in there does benefit him. Yeah. And what about one of the Denver running backs? Would you start them over Kamara? No. Clyde Edwards Hilaire? No. Devonta Freeman? No. Okay. What about Josh Jacobs? No. Okay. So you're pretty good. All right. So you're confident there. I feel pretty good. I mean, I'm, I'm not feeling great, but. I'm not going to get to this point and I'm fighting for a playoff spot. I'm going to roll the dice on Devonta Freeman, who I I'm thrilled with, yeah. by the way. I mean, this is exactly what I was saying last week with Aaron Jones. I feel like you just, I just, I wish it's like one of those memes where I'm going back in time and I'm banging on the window. I'm like, don't do it. Don't it's the Spider-Man it. meme. You know, we're yeah. looking at each other. Oh, I know it makes sense. It's the rational thought. Like you can go out there, Kamara's active and they're going to, if they saints trust him, you play him. I know. It just rips my heart out. And listen, Dallas at least can be run on, so there is that too. But I just – I worry because it is going to be a split, and you know that Taysom Hill is not going to dump it down to a Camara six, seven, eight times to compensate for maybe a split back. I get it, but you're right. I know. Uh, listen, for the receiving core, listen, I know – you know, one guy I want to keep in mind too that I really like over the last few weeks is Traquan Smith. The problem is it's not going to be Trevor Simeon anymore. It's, it's Taysom Hill. We don't know – Hill locked in on Michael Thomas, and Michael Thomas was a solid PPR guy. 
but then there was nobody else in the pass game that was consistent. Is that going to be Traquan Smith? I don't know. Um, I'm going to definitely take a wait-and-see approach with the Saints receivers. Any Anybody on the Saints side other than Kamara, maybe even Ingram. What's your thoughts about Ingram, too, this week? Comfortable with Ingram as a flex option there, just kind of leaning on the Kamara thing. You know, he will get work. I think there's no mm-hmm. doubt there. It's all about utilization here for Kamara. And the way he's utilized, I think, is what the separator is for him. With Ingram, I'm looking for that goal line, right? I'm, I'm going fishing. I'm going hunting for TDs. So I'm comfortable putting him in as a flex, especially if it's like a two-flex league. He's a no-brainer at flex two. Okay. And in this – all right, so let's rate the running backs in this game. So you got Zeke. Kamara, Ingram, Pollard. Give us those four guys in a row who you think are the most important. Uh, I would say Zeke, number one, because of those injuries on the front line for New Orleans. I would say Kamara, two. I would say Pollard, three. Ingram, four. Okay. So if Devonta Freeman or Mark Ingram? Devonta Freeman. Melvin Gordon. Ingram. Okay. Got it. And then let's finally just talk on the Dallas Cowboys receiving core. This is going to be only the third time this season that they have all three receivers in the same game. Um, I don't have a clue. I don't. This is me overthinking it. I'm. I have so much Amari Cooper this week. I think Ceedee Lamb in. If he's in, if he plays that slot role, forget about it. Even with Cedric Wilson out, it sounds like um, it's going to be Ceedee Lamb in the slot. I just you can't forget. Set it, forget it. Ceedee Lamb in the slot, forget it. But now it comes Gallup, Amari Cooper. Do you feel that? Mari um, Cooper, because of this illness, maybe falls behind Gallup. Would you rather start Gallup over Cooper if you had both? What's your thoughts on those two receivers? I'd rather start Cooper. Uh, I do like Gallup quite a bit, but I'm going to go with Cooper. The Dallas Cowboys have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last five weeks. And it's like 30 points per game and half point PPR. So you mean the Saints? The Saints. the Saints. Sorry, the yeah. Saints. You're right. Yeah, the Saints. Sorry. The Saints have allowed the fourth uh, most points. So Didn't mean to correct time. you. I just felt no, like. No, no, you're listeners. right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah, for the people I know who actually need this information. Your brain was there. Your words weren't. Yeah, I'm sorry. The, the brain never, the lips and the brain never on the same page. It's, no, it's, it's a, a story of my life, but I hear you, man. I hear you. So that's, so, I mean, listen, I think for Amari Cooper owners, it's going to be a tough decision. I, I get it. I mean, I'm, in, I'm one of them. And I think the matchup, in my opinion, is good. I mean, Dak Prescott in a dome, um, probably, you know, the Saints have been terrible against quarterbacks. And he should be able to get his. But the final one is Dalton Schultz. Are you fading him now that all three receivers are in the lineup? Yeah, in this game, yes. Okay. And moving forward, is he a drop or a stash? Stash. Okay. Let's just do a quick in and out for Amari Cooper because I have I, I have a friend that just asked me this question. So. We have Jerry a question G- here, though. From Can I get Mr. Jones in? He's been patiently waiting. Oh, of course, yeah. It's related to the game. Van Jefferson, full PPR, or Michael Gallup? I mean, so the Rams are playing Jacksonville. You know, those games. Jacksonville always looks good against receivers, but it's because they don't really get a lot of attempts against them because they're losing by double digits at halftime. So, um I actually might lean Gallup a little bit in that scenario. It's kind of the same thing. It's they're in the same exact scenario. It's they are. you got you got Van Jefferson's probably the one B on the outside to Odell now, and then you have the same thing going on with Gallup to Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and, and Cup are the best two. So um 
I think in that scenario, I'm going to lean on the potential upside with Gallup in the higher scoring game. I'm going to go Van Jefferson. We are of no help. Yes. Sorry, man. We, we apologize. We'll make sure to get to more questions after this break. But listen, guys, that's our Thursday night football preview. And also, Buck, is there any defenses you're trying to start in this game? No. All right. Well, that's our Thursday night football preview brought to you by our Sunday Live Start Sit Show. Make sure you're joining us at every Sunday live, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. All of our Sunday live shows are brought to you by Good Sports. If you don't know what Good Sports is, go to goodsports.org. It's a charity organization that donates sporting equipment to underprivileged communities to help kids play sports. So we really do appreciate their sponsorship, their partnership, and 10% of what you donate to us goes to Good Sports. We donated $150 so far this season. So make sure you're joining us Sunday Live, guys. Check us out. We're doing giveaways. We've just given out two jerseys, too. We're excited for that. So join us this weekend to see what that's going to be. All right, Buck, let's get to the good stuff. The Start Sits, the streamers. Before we do, these Start Sits and streamers is brought to you by Carafactor. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll get right back with all our positional Start Sits. Brought to you by Carafactor. Hey, TCK Potters and fantasy-focused community. Are you looking for options for hair loss? There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. That's why the Fantasy Focus and TCK team has partnered with Carafactor. Carafactor saw this problem and focused their research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and an innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger-looking hair. So whether you're a listener who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, the Care Factor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help and influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarefactor.com. That's shop.mykerafactor.com. Carefactor, skincare for hair. All right, Buck, you know the drill, bud. Positional start sits of the week. We try to take a look at, you know, we're not even going to tell you the algorithm in the back. Scientists can't even figure it out. But we throw together a spreadsheet. We pick, like, the higher-owned rostered players to fade and one guy that's lesser-owned that you could potentially put in the matchup for it or scoop up off waivers. So, Buck, let's start with the QB fade this week. Who's a QB that's rarely owned that you're willing to fade in this week's matchups? Fading Joe Burrow here. Joe Burrow, for the reasoning, I'll, I'll lay it down for you. You're facing the Chargers. Chargers, they do a pretty decent job there against uh, the wide receiving cores. And he's only averaged 12 points per game over the last three games. I'm seeing them kind of stagnate a little bit after a hot start. I don't think we should be too surprised by that. But I'm just reading it like I see it, going with the gut. This entire episode is brought to you by gut. So... It's we should get a probiotic sponsor. Yeah, I mean, we really it, just, should. It, it honestly makes a ton of sense. And we never really have done our Gumbers start a play of the week either, which is another thing we should probably visit in 2022. But, yeah, so Joe Burrow, go ahead. Sorry, man. Keep this is brought to you by Metamucil, by the way. Really? Or Imodium, you know, something that can I mean, really depends help. on what you need. Depends yeah, on what right. you need. Some of my takes have given me some bad senses, so I needed a modium by Sunday. I don't think you so. want to combine those two, folks. I don't think that's safe. 
that's a war in your stomach that I don't think you're going to try to, you don't want to win that. You don't want to win or lose. Cause it's either way. It's bad news, man. But yeah. So that's basically what Joe Burrow is this week, folks. Modium and whatever other thing you got. Metamucil. Metamucil. Gotcha. Psyllium fiber, Bob. Psyllium fiber. I got you. No, man, I'll have to, I'll, I'll do a Google search after the show. So I really know the Metamucil comments in the future, but um, yeah. Anything else about Joe Burrow? No, no. Unlike Joe Burrow and your lineups. Metamucil keeps you regular folks. Joe Burrow just hasn't, it hasn't looked the same for that entire team. They don't Fade throw enough. Game. They just, yeah. they really want to run. I mean, it's crazy. Listen, I will tell you this. Every every offseason, I put together this thing called the opportunity analysis. I've taken historical dropbacks for every team's play caller. And I say, based on historical, like what the projection is going to be, they have been so far below. It's about nine dropbacks per game. It's absolutely crazy. It's completely thrown everything off for all my Bengals takes this year. And Jamar Chase is leveled off. Um, and Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon, they feel like Joe Mixon's going to hold up on 30 touches a game. They're out of their mind. Um, I just don't know how that's going to work. It doesn't make sense to give him that many carries. He hasn't been able to stay healthy in his entire career, but listen, I'm not a coach. He's being productive. Oh, I know that. But the thing is like, tell it to CMC. I mean, like the guy was, is an absolute machine, but they give him all the workload and he can't stay healthy. It's, it's hard this day and age to stay healthy with that kind of work. But anyway. I digress. Mine's a really bad take, but it comes with some type of analysis, I promise. And it's actually Patrick Mahomes. Um, Patrick Mahomes is is the the Kansas City Chiefs coming off the bye has become one of the biggest locks in the world. You know they're going to win pretty much every time. But the thing I've noticed with the Kansas City games out of the bye is they completely dominate in a lot of cases. Um, they've, and they've also faced the Raiders, ironically, like three years in a row prior to this year, which also another thing it's like, okay, well you face the Raiders every time you're going to look great. So this year though, they're facing Denver Broncos and Patrick Mahomes last season. So Vic Fangio comes in, Vic Fangio, you can say what you want about this guy, but he knows how to coach defense. And the, the Denver Broncos just have a, a ton of cornerbacks, a ton of, a ton of talent in their secondary. And it's really shown. I mean, listen, last week, I know. The, the games look good. A great example of this is Dak Prescott and, and Justin Herbert. The end of the game results look awesome. They have great fantasy days, but they got smoked in those games. I mean, the Chargers did not look good for three-plus quarters. They were dominating, and the Denver Broncos won that game. And then on the flip side, Dak Prescott, if you watch that Dak game against Denver, he was terrible to a point where they actually took out CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, and he did it in garbage time, and he saved his fantasy day. I expect the Chiefs to win the football game, and they're not going to have this garbage time to beat up on the Denver Broncos. Plus, look at Mahomes 2020. His stats versus Denver, 259 yards and one touchdown per game in the two games against Denver. So that's not great for fantasy, and that's Patrick Mahomes. He only threw one touchdown in both games, and one game he had 300 yards. The other game was closer to 200 yards. So I just – I'm not – I know you're not going to sit Patrick Mahomes. I know that. Maybe this is more of a DFS thing, like stay away from whatever. but I think that if you're someone who has one of those other dominant quarterbacks, uh, you know, for whatever reason, you have a, you know, a Tom Brady or a Dak Prescott, or maybe lean in those directions. But uh, that's my QB fade. So those are the guys that we're kind of fading this week, Buck. What about a guy that you're potentially buying that's lesser owned that you can plug into your lineups for week 13? This week, I'm going to go with a fella simply because I want to spite you, Bob. And it's not because I dislike you. It's a personal pride thing. Uh, Tua, and I have no reason except fade the Giants because they're making too much damn noise intercepting balls. 
They've been going nuts lately. That defense just picks everybody off over the last, what, six games, seven games? It's been nonstop. I think they had one game when they only had zero picks. You can't stay this hot. It's time to level set. We can't let this seesaw get out of control, Bob. I'm here to bring balance to the universe. Okay. A little Thanos action. I got you. Yep. Tua. He's going to snap his uh, his glove. All right, man. I listen. Hey, I feel you. I feel you on that one. I'm just right, shocked so- you know who Thanos is, so God bless you. No, I, I'm, I listen, I do watch a lot of – I'm more of a modern movie person. I don't like old school stuff. So, yes, I'm a big Marvels fan. I love all the Marvel movies. I watch a lot of new movies. But if you start quoting things from the 80s and 90s, I, I just don't have a clue. I don't really – I'm not a historical movie person. Sorry, yeah, folks. Yeah, there, there, there will be blood as a 2007 picture. I'm just saying. But <laughs> Well, I messed up. I don't know. Listen, I'll, I'll – Buck, if you want to send me like a list, I, I'll do it in the office. I promise. I'll be so ready to just back and forth with you. We'll talk about every goddamn movie in 2022. I can't wait. I'm super excited. All right. My QB buy is someone that is having one of the most insane seasons that no one's talking about. It's Derek Carr. Like, this guy is on pace to throw over three, like 5,000 yards. Like, it's insane. Like, he's, he's on a record-setting pace for passing yards. And – I actually did a split because I was interested. I wanted, I was going to make one of these stupid cases that, uh, um, you know, Derek Carr at home versus away. And what I realized is it doesn't matter, the splits. He averages over 300 yards passing in, at home and away. It's insane. Uh, the other thing about Derek Carr that I do like, though, in the four of six games that he has played at home, he's had at least 261 passing yards and two touchdowns. So he's been very good at home on a consistent basis. He did have two really bad games against Cincinnati and also – uh, the Chicago Bears, but he's now facing a Washington football team. I know last week I talked about Russ. I feel like me and you were both right about Russ. Russ was horrible, and then somehow he backdoored us in fantasy, and he got he, he was a top ten quarterback. So whatever. But at, at the same time, I actually really like this game from a, a game flow standpoint. I think Tyler Henneke and the Washington football team could put up points against the Raiders, and I think that nice dome game in Las Vegas could be a good fun one for that for fantasy. So. I'm buying into it. I actually think he's going to be solid for fantasy this week. So I'm actually going to start Derek Carr where I have him in week 13. Love that one. Yeah, man. So let's jump out to running backs, Buck. Let's talk a little bit about some higher owned running backs who are potentially fading for this week. So give us your option for week 13. This is going to be very quick, Bob. Damian Harris versus the Buffalo Bills. They're going to have to throw the football. I think that Bill is going to aim to do that when you don't have Tredavious White in that lineup. Tredavious White has been unbelievably efficient as one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL. So the Bills having to deal with the absence of Trey, that's going to be huge. And I think it's going to open up uh, the playbook a little bit there for old Mac. I think they're going to try to do a few things there. But they still got Taron Johnson. Levi Wallace has had a very, very good season there. But the thing, the only concern I have is Trey White is so involved in the run defense. He is a physical corner. He loves impact, and he's smothering the football. He does not back away from it. So how do the Bills look? I think they're going to look just fine. I think they're going to look just fine. Damon Harris is the fade. And if you look, I think he had 11 carries two weeks ago, 10 last week. So it hasn't been this this heavy, heavy workload for him. It's been the efficiency of those touches that have benefited him. Yep. And I, I just look for things to kind of get shaken up there. Nobody runs against the Bills. Best run defense in the league. So I expect that to remain pretty consistent here. Yeah, 
Uh, a three-way head committee is going to come to a head. So, I mean, right, Stevenson getting work, Bolden getting work. I hear you on that. Uh, my guy I'm fading is actually a big name and someone that burnt me in the earliest part of the season. And now it's starting to kind of, he's normalizing. It's Najee Harris. Um, Najee Harris early on in the season was his numbers were inflated because he was dominating in the pass game. He was leading the NFL in running back targets by a wide margin. The first five, six weeks of the season. A lot of that was driven by a 21 target game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Now over the last few weeks, listen, he, he hasn't been terrible, but last week he hit the floor. Um, it wasn't great. Uh, that game, he did not, he had eight carries with 26 yards, was not using the pass game at all. And then the weeks prior though, we kind of saw this normalization between 14 and 15 half point PPR fantasy points. Great. We understand that that's fine against lesser opponents. Now he's facing the Ravens. Now, the Ravens, here's a list of the running backs they have faced over the last few weeks and how many fantasy points they got in their matchups, okay? Nick Chubb, 4.9 points and half point PPR. David Montgomery, 7.2. Joe Mixon, who just dropped like a 30-burger on people, 11.9. Not too bad, whatever, flex numbers. Austin Eckler, 7.5. Dalvin Cook was the best of the bunch, 13.7. So, you know, even in the – Dalvin Cook is like a normally like a 20-point scorer in that format. He gets 13.7. So the team, the running backs against this Ravens defense, it just hasn't been great. The Steelers have started noticing some bumps in the road on the offensive line. They've gotten some injuries. Um, Big Ben is just looking like a disaster. So I think Najee Harris to me is just more in a flex range this week. You're probably not going to sit Najee Harris again. I understand you probably don't have the running back depth. But at the same time, monitor expectations. Maybe you go with a higher upside receiver than a normal like Jerry Judy type this week because of Najee Harris's capped upside. All right, Buck. Let's talk about some running back buys. Let's get positive here. Let's talk about some running back buys. Maybe a lesser-owned running back that you're willing to scoop up off waivers or someone you might have in your benches right now that you can plug into your lineup for Week 13. I'm going with uh, Mr. 16 rushes a game. None other than Devontae Freeman here. So when people look at that Pittsburgh defense, they think to themselves, man, they've put up some really, really solid performances. The fact remains, Bob, they're in the back third of the league stopping the run. That's the truth. So Devonta Freeman, if I get volume, it's a run-heavy offense. He's he's going to get the volume. I think this continues. I don't think that Lat Murray is a better player at this point. I think he might be a little bit more effective towards the goal line, but I always opt for touches. So this is a guy who has finished within the top 24 at running back four out of the last six weeks. Hmm. Going to Vonta Freeman. Yeah, I like it. I like it too. Uh, and look who Joe Mixon just did to that Steelers defense. So I hear you. My running back by, so I, one of them is a little contingent on, I actually have two here. I'll talk about the main guy. It's Jamal Williams. If DeAndre Swift is out, which it sounds like he will be. I Jamal Williams, I held on to him for like 11 weeks and then I dropped him because I needed to pick up a player and then Swift gets hurt and now now the guy who has Swift wants to trade him to me. It's just a whole thing. So anyway, uh, but yeah, Jamal Williams. I, so in my running back mes- met- metric for adjusted line yards, Minnesota's the worst, the best matchup across the board. They are terrible on the ground, and they have been banged up. We've been talking about the Vikings' off- defensive line injuries. Everson Griffin now dealing with his situation. He will not be back. There's so many injuries up front to that Vikings' off- defensive line that Detroit is committed to the run. Like, and the first thing that Dan Campbell comes out and says is 
Jamal Williams, we're going to give him everything he can handle. And it sounds like Jamal Williams could be at a 20-carry game in this matchup in a plus draw against Minnesota. And just like before I brought this up, this is some of the notable running games that dominated against the Vikings. Elijah Mitchell, just last week, 25 points and half-point PPR. Ravens running backs, when it was Lat Murray, I mean, it was Le'Veon Bell and Devonta Freeman, 26 points combined. DeAndre Swift earlier this season had 19.4 points per game. So I think if, if Swift is ruled out at any point this week, I think you put Jamal Williams as a rock-solid RB2 in that matchup. All right, Buck, let's jump down to some receivers. Now, before we do that, let's just take a quick commercial break. Let's do a quick commercial break. One of our sponsors for Jersey Jungle will be back right after this. And we appreciate Jersey Jungle has been giving us we get to all our jerseys from our Sunday live show from Jersey Jungle, so we'll be back right Are you a merchandise maniac or Jersey junkie like myself? You need to check out the Jersey Jungle. They handle their business on Instagram at the Jersey Jungle. You can use their promo code TCK for 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three or more jerseys. Now, if you've been watching the show, for this season or a couple seasons, you know that my backdrop, if you're streaming live with us on video, you know my backdrop is always a couple of jerseys. Those jerseys are coming from the Jersey Jungle. They're high-quality stitch and twill jerseys. I collect NFL jerseys, but I'm also a baseball guy. So I have baseball jerseys as well. I collect Hall of Fame jerseys. I have a Jackie Robinson. I have a Ken Griffey Jr. I have a Willie Mays jersey. I got a Shohei Otani jersey as well because the guy has been absolutely on fire. Go get yourself a jersey. Basketball, baseball, hockey, football, college. They got rookies as well. Home away. They have customs. They have camouflage. Whatever you're feeling, retro jerseys from any sport, go hit up the Jersey Jungle on Instagram. DM the Jersey Jungle. Use the promo code TCK for 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three jerseys. These are already half price that you're going to find on the websites. They're high quality stitch and twill game authentic jerseys. Go check them out. The Jersey Jungle on Instagram. All right, Buck, let's get into it. Wide receiver fades for this week. Who's the well-owned wide receiver that you're willing to sit down in week 13? Buck, you're on mute, buddy. That's what you get for technology. Uh, Mike Williams on the road against Cincinnati here. Cincinnati pretty solid against out, outside wide receivers. And honestly, it's just we're so far away from those big, big performances. It just feels like he's a middling. And when I say middling, I mean like maybe not even a reliable flex option, wide receiver three option. I, I just don't love Mike Williams this week and really for the rest of the year. It's been, I think the craziest thing is when a player goes nuclear in the first couple weeks, it's hard to pull away from them, even after like seven, eight weeks of just duds. So well, you see you. it with the ownership percentages. Yeah. So, Yeah, it's it's definitely, uh, he's not going to be dropped because of those performances, but the starting, you know, he's no longer, he's a matchup dependent wide receiver three Correct. here on out. Absolutely. So my guy is actually someone that, <clears throat> I'm cheating a little bit here because, I, you know, I just want to put out a PSA. It's DeAndre Hopkins. And I know the Hopkins owners have been waiting patiently, and it sounds like he's going to be back this week. I have worried because, listen, last time Hopkins came back early, he actually only played a few snaps, and he's been kind of in and out with these lower, you know, soft tissue injuries over the last few weeks. They've been very conservative with DeAndre Hopkins. 
And this week's matchup against the Seattle Seahawks is not a good one for perimeter receivers. This season, uh, over the last five weeks, Seattle's allowed the seventh fewest fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers. Um, and I think if even if Hopkins plays, I know we're all excited to get him back into your lineups, but because of the matchup, because of the how he's been in and out of the lineup constantly, he is. this is going to be his first game back. We're not sure about his conditioning at this point for game readiness. I think I'm sitting DeAndre Hopkins this week, even if he gets the nod and he gets the start this week. All right, Buck, let's do a quick, uh, let's do our wide receiver buys for this week. Who are some lesser owned wide receivers that you're trying to get into your lineup for week 13? What a beauty of a matchup for this fella over in Las Vegas, Hunter Renfro. We're going to do a little connection between your QB play, my wide receiver play, four out of the last five games. Seven plus catches. I talked about this trend when it first started. Mm. I didn't think it was just going to continue going on. So in a PPR format, it's a no doubter for me this week. This Washington defense, as far as stopping the pass game, stopping wide receivers, it might be the most abysmal that I've ever seen in the NFL. It's that bad. They are that poor. And we also got two TDs out of the little guy. I'm looking for a TD six catches and that's a great day yeah i mean listen i'm all about listen i talked about this in the player trend show hunter renfro is no longer a slot receiver he is being used as their number one he ran the most routes on the team that's a different role he's in i love it i'm in on that too my guy is someone i've been fading every single week every single time i own him in so many leagues and i have put him on my benches because of my slot versus wide analysis but this week he is a buy It's Jerry Judy. The Jerry Judy week we've been waiting for might finally be here against Kansas City. Uh, There's a couple reasons behind this. If you look at the games Kansas City has had out of the bye, they have pretty much blown the doors off people in most cases with Patrick Mahomes. In two of the three seasons, they've had monster games uh, and just dominated teams. But the thing is that forces teams to throw more. The other thing I love about this matchup is that they they the Kansas City Chiefs over the last five weeks have allowed the second most fantasy points to the slot. Why is that important? Because Jerry Judy is a slot receiver. We don't think of Jerry Judy as a slot receiver, but he runs about 80% of his routes in the slot. About 75% of his targets come from the slot. And this week, Kansas City, one of the things about the Kansas City Chiefs that people need to know is that their cornerbacks have gotten healthy. They were early on the season, both their top outside cornerbacks were missing time. Those guys are now healthy and we're slowly seeing the the usage go to the middle of the field again, and that's where you can dominate Kansas City. I think I think this is the Jerry Judy week. Outside of last week when he faces the Chargers, who, by the way, has Chris Harris, probably the best slot cornerback in football, Jerry Judy was an easy fade. But the other thing I will say, though, is prior to that week, he was getting eight targets, seven targets every single week. I think this is the matchup. He can take advantage of it, and I think he should be a solid wide receiver, too, this week, so I'm finally pro Judy, and I have him in like five leagues, so I'm excited to potentially start him in and get me three points. So I'm ready, excited for all that. So, Buck, let's talk a little bit about some tight end fades. Um, we do have some guys on by, but is there a tight end potentially that in the top 12, 13 range that you're willing to fade this week in ownership for a potential streamer? Is Dallas Godare? Oh. I just don't like it, Bob. I don't like anything I'm seeing there, man. He hasn't found the end zone now in seven games. Three for one reception with zero yards last week. 
I know it was against the Giants. I just, I don't know, man. You guys, I, I just feel like everybody's so high on him, and I always feel bad because, like, I like the player. I just hate the situation. It's one of those situations. It's the situation. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out, Jersey Shore. I know you know what I'm talking about. Now, see, now see, you're talking my language. We're going to Belmar in my car, B-E-L-M-A-R. Baby Blue, I'll see you in two weeks. Wow, Belmar, um, nice. Yeah. You've, yeah. Have you ever seen that, that that video about going to DJ's in my car, B-E-L-M-A-R? No, no, that's crazy. I used to go there all, I used to go there all the time. I, I could tell, Bob. Yeah. I could tell. That wasn't my go-to, though, Buck. I wasn't full Guido, all right? I was part- right, You can't wash the, the DJ's stink <laughs> off you, pal. Shout it's out still, to DJs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's just one of those things. It's the situation, man. I'm, I just don't love it. And I I, I, I want to see what Goddard can do, but I, I just haven't seen it thus far. And as you've always said, the Jets do kind of get shit done in the middle of the field. So I, I'm just going to opt for the Jets here and think that Godair gets shut down. Yeah. Um it's, they're playing the Jets, right? I mean, the Jets are such a weird crapshoot team because they don't put up points, which then turn. You can see the Eagles just running the ball 35 times in this game, so I, I hear you on that. My guy is someone that I think we all know is going to score a touchdown this week, but whatever I'm going for, it's Dawson Knox playing against the Patriots. So I actually do, uh, in my analysis, what I do is I look at points allowed to tight ends, and I also factor in which team they played. And when it comes down to it, the Patriots are dead last. In fantasy points allowed in my adjusted metric at 6.1 points per game, like dead last and half point PPR. And Dawson Knox, if you look at his box scores, it's like two receptions, 30 yards, a touchdown, three catches, 23 yards, two touchdowns. And I get it. It's he finds the end zone constantly. But you just brought this up a couple of people earlier. At some point, he doesn't find the end zone. And like if you're going to pick a matchup where he cannot find the end zone to make up for his fantasy day, it's going to be the team that allows the least amount of fantasy points to tight ends in my metric. So I can't get in on that. I just think that there's there's just so many moving parts this week with Foster Morneau and, you know, the Pat Fire Muse, the guys of those world, those guys that you could pick up in a lot of cases that have been picked up over the last few weeks that I'd rather play. Even another guy we'll talk about in streamers in just a little bit. But I just think there's better options this week than Dawson Knox, so I am fading him in this matchup against the Patriots. Question right, but- for you. Yeah, go on ahead. on that tight end defense metric. Yeah. Do you have it split between um, middle of the field and along the uh, sidelines? So for PFF, it would be inline stats versus slot. You wouldn't really see it out wide. Okay. Um, and well, I'm not even talking that. about that. I'm talking about where those the catches are made, because what I've seen from Dawson Knox is they either scheme something up, which is kind of like almost a screen for him where he might be lined up in line, drop mm-hmm. back a little bit, maybe a little flex out, and then kind of pause, wait on the blockers. It's either something like that, or it's tending to just be a wheel route where Josh Allen's looking for him on the sideline. There's not too much of Dawson Knox going over that middle. That's usually reserved for Cole Beasley. We've seen it from, um, good grief, Manuel Sanders. It's late over here on the East Coast. I say it every week. Um so what you're seeing isn't necessarily traditional tight end routes. Yeah. Hell, he doesn't even really run the scene. And I said this last week about uh, freaking Evan Ingram. I was like, you know, the one thing you will say about Evan Ingram, he's a slot receiver. He's a glorified slot. So, not, so that's a good point. Maybe that is something I'll have to look into a little bit more. But, like, guys like Kyle Pitts didn't do anything against him. So, yeah. like, 
Kyle yeah. Pitts is another guy that's not used as a traditional tight end, and he had a terrible game, three for 29 against them. So I hear you. And listen, I just think that it's – I was just curious. I was just no, curious it's, it's, because it's, it's the way they deploy him. And it makes sense too. And I wish I wish I can get more data on that stuff. But Tough. PFF, unless you do I, it yourself, I oh, well, that's what I do for all the other stuff. I pulled all the data from PFF and I actually created my own slot versus wide metric. I've done that all on my own, based on and I've made my own matchup grid and all that stuff. But I could do that technically with slot production versus inline for tight ends. But once you start getting into screens and stuff and that kind of and they don't track all that data for for tight ends. So. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something I can look at, uh, for free slides. the tight end, man, free the tight end. All right. All right, Buck. let's talk a little bit about some of our buys for the tight end position. There's a lot of fun ones this week, but who's your tight end buy that's lesser owned that you could plug into your starting lineups this week. I'm going to go with the guy that's been dropped. He kind of just withered away on a lot of people's IRs. And then who knows you picked up Patty Fryermuth and you're thinking to yourself, we're all good to go. So maybe you got a chance to scoop up. Logan Thomas playing at Las Vegas, Las Vegas, 31st in the league against tight ends. I'm just going to go for matchup here. I think they, they're playing from behind first off. So I do think Logan Thomas will be heavily involved. Logan Thomas was my pick too, man, before you actually submitted it. I love Logan Thomas. The best rest of season schedule. He plays the Eagles twice. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a thing, man. If you, Logan Thomas, if you can scoop him up or um, if you know that the team that has him, if you're trade deadlines this week and you can scoop him up for a cheap tight end, he's awesome. I like that a lot. My guy is actually going to be Foster Morneau. Um, the, Same game. The, the IT band issue for Darren Waller, it, he's not – he's started the week with DMP. It doesn't really matter until Friday. But Darren Waller doesn't sound like – he. they said he's week to week. That's not usually someone who plays the first week. So Darren Waller, in my opinion, is probably not going to play in this game. It's going to be Foster Morneau, in my opinion. The one game this season Darren Waller missed, he went six for 60 and one. Um, he also plays in an offense that features the tight end like no, like a lot of teams don't. Darren Waller runs routes like the number one wide receiver runs in this offense. And Foster Morneau, there was a thing that I, you know, there's like a hindsight when Foster Morneau got to start, we weren't we were okay with him, but we weren't all over him. But I will say this: there was a telecast going on, and the guy that was calling the game said they asked their teammates, "Who's the one guy that's going to break out in this game?" And everybody said Foster Morneau. They said this guy is only not on the field more because they have Darren freaking Waller on their team. And if they didn't have Darren Waller, they would probably have another guy they believe in. So I think Foster Morneau is a plug-and-play guy that I would start over most tight end ones this week, and he's like almost a must-start for me. I'm debating between him and Pat Firemuth because Firemuth looks like he's going to clear concussion pull. That's going to be a tough call, but those are the type of matchup plays that Foster Morneau is in with my opinion. I'm down I for Bananas Foster Moreau this <sighs> week. Delicious. Bananas so, Foster. Go Bananas Foster Moreau. I like it, baby. I like it a lot. So those are our, all our positional start sits that are brought to you by our sponsor, Care Factor. Like we always do, though, we want to run through some quicker, deeper names. And now, Buck, I only I only have one guy that I like at the tight end position this week, and I've been repping him the entire offseason as a potential dark horse. It's James O'Shaughnessy against the, against the Rams. Listen, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they are what they are. They are not going to be competitive in most games. They are going to throw a decent amount. They're never going to look that good. But they use their tight ends in Daryl Bevel's scheme like crazy. So, you know, Dan Arnold went from James O'Shaughnessy, eight targets his first week. He gets hurt in week two. They pick up Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold starts doing well. And now James O'Shaughnessy is getting his shot to return back to the QB tight end one. So if you're someone that's desperate, if you couldn't get a Foster Morneau, if you couldn't get a Logan Thomas, I like James O'Shaughnessy. 
Um, so what are your thoughts on that? Do you think you could stream him, or is there another tight end you're thinking that's maybe more of a dark throw? I really don't like the tight end board this week. Um, I'm fine going with, with Jimmy O. Okay. My deep dive, not my deeper dive tight, uh, quarterback plays this week that I saw that I like. Tyler Henneke against the Raiders. We've been talking about yep. him a lot. Um, still not really owned in a lot of leagues, especially on Yahoo. It's like 20 to 25%. Somebody you could pick up in most leagues and stream and play. And he's got a good matchup against the Raiders in a game that could be a fun one, a nice little shootout. The other one's Tyrod Taylor against the Colts. Um, we kind of know what Tyrod Too Taylor has been. And the Colts have been, you know, they're more of a pass funnel defense. You can beat them more through the air. Listen, I know Leonard Fournette had a monster game last week and he dominated on the ground. Uh, from a scoring touchdown standpoint, but I think overall throughout the season, you know, I think the Colts are going to put up points against Houston and Tyrod's going to be forced to get into a better game flow. The last couple weeks, he's been in sloppy games. The Colt, the Titans game, that game was all rain, disgusting, short touchdowns. They Listen, the Titans, I've never seen a team put their defense in worse positions than the Titans in that game. They had like three dr- scoring drives. They scored 13 points on drives that were, were in the uh, their own red zone. They started in their own red zone, which is completely insane. So Tyrod didn't have to do much in that game. And then last week they played the Jets. So this might be the first time we have to see Tyrod in a better game flow, in a team that's going to score. And I think he's someone you can start. So any thoughts on those two guys, Henneke and Ty- Tyrod Taylor? I'm fine. If you're in a bind, the problem that I see is I don't see that high upside there. But like I said, again, if I had to choose between those two, I'm going with Heineke. I just right. think it's going to be a more favorable matchup in terms of game flow. And that's, I think I just like these wide open Oakland games or Las Vegas games. Yeah. I think Taysom Hill is someone I'd rather have, of course, Taylor Heineke, but Tyrod Taylor, listen, Taylor Heineke is like 25% owned. So I had to jump it down a little bit, give you some more deeper dive guys um, this week in, in the buys. There's four teams on by this week, right? Who are the, who are the teams on by? Forget off the top of my head. Actually, the teams that aren't playing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The kick. Yeah. So it's. Sorry, I have it. Uh, it is Panthers, Browns, Packers, Titans. So really, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is probably the only guy on there that's been a consistent QB one in a single QB league. But I guess Tyrod would be be a factor in two QB leagues if you need him. All right, defensive streamers. I like the Bucks a lot this week against Atlanta. If you can get your hands on them, they've been available in my ten team league. I saw. Unfortunately, I have the Bills in that league, and I'll probably just live and die by the Bills. Cardinals against Chicago. I know Andy Dalton threw for 300 yards, but the Cardinals are a much better defense, and they're coming off their bye. They're getting Kyler Murray back. Vikings against Detroit seems like a layup. The Vikings are dealing with a lot of problems up front. They can't stop the run. They're also down Patrick Peterson, but listen, Detroit's Detroit. Um, So if you need a streamer like the Vikings, they could be a factor in this game. Um, And then the Steelers versus Baltimore. Um, I know Lamar Jackson... It's scary to think this, but he listen. Last week the Browns were were one of the top ten defenses on the week. He threw a bunch of interceptions in that game, and historically Lamar Jackson has not been great against Pittsburgh through the air. He's thrown multiple interceptions in multiple games in a row. So it's something like not a lot of people. It's more of a contrarian play, maybe a great DFS option too um, in that matchup, especially if they can get Joe Hayden back in the secondary to kind of solidify some of that stuff. So maybe that's another thing there too. Any defensive streamers that you could think of, Buck? I think the Chargers are a decent option. Okay. I could see myself rolling with the Chargers. Yeah. I mean, they feel I feel like they have so much talent and they just I don't know what it is, man. They have they have everything you can imagine. They have Joey Bosa and and Chris Harris and I don't know, man. It's just weird how they can't 
Get, but they're getting better against the run. So that's maybe that'll help too a little bit. All right, listen, before we go, I know we're all – what we really want to talk about is kickers. So I'm just going to run through some guys that I like this week. Greg Joseph, Minnesota kicker. Jake Elliott, Philadelphia. Dan Carlson, the Raiders. Evan McPherson, the Bengals. Uh, Michael Badgley, the Colts. Greg Zerline of the Dallas Cowboys. And Ryan Suckup of the Tampa Bay Bucks. So if you can get your hands on one of those guys, that's it for this week. All right, Buck, listen, that's all our streamers. Start sits. Thursday Night Football preview. Anything else you want to say to the people before we go? Nothing at all. Just appreciate the love, the support. Join us on Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern to 1 p.m. Or until we run out of questions. Yeah. Appreciate all of you and love you. We do have one question before we go, Buck. I'm stuck in one league. We got another one above that, actually. Pittman or Ingram without Kamara at flex. So if if there's no Kamara, I'm going to go Mark Ingram there. Otherwise, Pittman. Man, Pittman against Houston. Yikes. Yeah. I'm actually going to stay with Pittman. I think that Houston game, man, they can't stop anybody on the outside. Houston allows That's a decent coin flip. I mean, honestly. Yeah, it's good. Without Kamara, I'm fine with Ingram. I agree, 100%. But, like, Pittman, literally in my last five weeks – Houston has a lot of the most points out wide to any any defense. So it's like hard to fade Pittman. This is probably a guy I'm going to write about this week as a must-start player. But And I'm stuck in one league, PPR, two wide receiver, two flex, uh, two running backs and one flex. Mark Ingram, Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott, Terry McLaurin, Van Jefferson. And that's it, basically. Should I drop Hubbard or Hunt or Hold? So it sounds like he's starting these players – and he has Hubbard on the bench. Um, Panthers are on by, so you can't drop him or hunt. I don't know. I don't think it's terrible. I mean, the problem is you're double stacking uh, the Cowboys running backs against the Saints. I don't mind that. I don't mind it. Okay. Um, don't all right. It. And if Kamara plays, that's going to be capping. I, I, You know, it, we would have to know, like, who who's available. Um, he also has Kamara, but he's not complaining. So he's handcuffed himself, which is great. Great practice, especially this time of year. Um, yeah, I think you're. I think you're gonna. I think it really depends on what you can get. But I'm not gonna drop Kareem Hunt, and I'm not dropping Hubbard either. So I think you just roll with it. I would say if you got a guy like Hunter Renfro floating around on waivers, blow the bank on him. That's about it. Okay. Because I could tell you have the running back depth out the wazoo, uh, but you're you're kind of lacking there with wide receiver here. Starting and Hubbard- Jefferson. Not that it's a bad thing. But you have Hubbard, Hunt. So, I mean, you're protected. A couple things, too. Like, if you're on the outside looking in, like, you don't have the luxury of waiting around for this whole scenario. So, like, Hubbard, in my opinion, he's got a terrible playoff schedule. Like, and they're trying to get Amir Abdul uh, Abdul involved in that offense, too. Hubbard is not going to be, you know, if you look at the games Hubbard was good in. And listen, I did all this last night because I'm doing waivers. Um, and I looked at Hubbard as an option because he was in a free agent in one of my leagues. And I'll tell you this about Hubbard. and the games that he dominated, if you look at the games he played, he played very soft run game matchups, and he's getting you like 13, 14 points in the soft matchups. Now look at his playoff schedule. It is the it's almost a 180 about how bad it is. And I just think he's probably going to have a high floor because he's going to get eight, 15 to 17 touches playing with Cam in that offense. But at the same time, eight, nine points isn't going to be a difference maker. You're not going to start him over Zeke. You're not going to start him over Kamara, even Mark Ingram in some cases. So, I just think at that point, win now. If you get a Hunter Renfro type, 
go do it. I'm all in on that. All right, Buck, listen, that's all we got Beautiful. for today, man. I appreciate you, man. This is another great Wednesday show between me and you. This is the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on the Fantasy Focus YouTube channel. Make sure you're joining us every Sunday live for our Start Sit Show, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. All our donations that you give to the show. Become a super chatter. It goes to us, helps us produce the show. It also goes 10% goes to good sports, great charity. But also get involved in our FanDuel Challenge, people. We're having fun giving away jerseys. Make sure you join us this Sunday to see what we're going to be giving away in our challenge. So we're excited for that. Once again, all our episodes are brought to you by Bet Online AG and a part of the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you once again for joining us. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.